This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Hey, Global Chatter Tribe. Many of you know that part of my professional background is both in career development and education, which means I get a number of people, especially educators, asking how they can launch their careers abroad. If that's you, you need the International Educator which connects English-speaking teachers with opportunities at international schools around the world. Not only do you find out about vacancies, but you get much-needed information on topics as varied as free housing, tax-free salaries, and professional development. And here's the thing. All subjects and grade levels are needed at schools in Europe, the Middle East, Asia, Africa, and the Americas. So for a limited time only, Thai, as it's known for short, is offering discounts on memberships for Global Chatter listeners. So visit TIEonline, that's T-I-E-Online.com, and use the promo code GLOBALCHATTER to save on your membership today. All right, so welcome to the latest episode of the Global Chatter. This is our season two closer, which is wild for me to think about because it has been a year, a little bit more than a year because we launched in September of 2020 of this podcast. And so I'm even grateful to get to this point being it's, you know, November and Thanksgiving. So it's the Thanksgiving season in the U.S. So I'm very grateful for that. But I am excited because this is a little bit of a different episode for me um, for two reasons. One, I've got a guest with me who many of you may not know her maybe personally or individually, but you do know her work because she joined back in the summer of 2021 as our podcast editor. And so Stephanie is here to join and I want to say, hey, Stephanie. Hi, Amanda. Hi, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, you know, Stephanie has been an amazing godsend. If any of you have owned a podcast, been on a podcast, done any kind of tech, anything where you're doing it regularly, um, she just came in, stepped in, and has just been such a great addition to the podcast that you've been listening to for the past year or whenever you joined. And so um, she's here with me. But the second reason why this episode's a little bit different is that, you know, as, as we were thinking at, you know, it's the end of the year, and I know that some of you have joined and started listening at different points, we thought it might be really cool to give you some context and, and to learn a little bit more, you know, about this podcast and a little bit more about me. And so Stephanie is going to play the role of 
interviewer, which is really wild because <laughs> I'm I am I am used to interviewing other people and I am used to to people interviewing me, but those two things don't happen on my podcast. Like they either have they happen separately. And so kind of merging the world together is a little bit bizarre. I'm not going to lie. But before I turn it over to Stephanie, because, you know, I'm, I am going to give her reins. I always ask this question of everyone who comes on here. Where in the world are you? Mm. Yeah, I am an American expat living in split Croatia. Yeah. And we were talking about that offline. And uh, so Croatia has been on a bucket list. Actually, Croatia and... <laughs> Just because it's another sea country, the Czech Republic, like those two have been on my bucket list for forever. And I don't know if I said this in an episode. Now I'm going to go off on the Czech Republic, but (laughs) I've wanted to go to the Czech Republic since I'm I'm totally about to date myself. You probably will get Czechoslovakia. (laughs) Well, no, no. Let me. Well, yeah. But you know what made me want to go in the Czech Republic? This is so funny. Remember the band In Excess? Yes. Of course. Remember the song, Never Tear Us Apart? How is that connected? Wait, what? It was filmed in Prague. Oh, no way. You know what I'm doing after this. I'm going to go watch that video. (laughs) It is totally, I mean, it's like 1980s Prague, right? So it's still Czechoslovakia. Yeah. Has nothing to do with Croatia. But my point being is that I have wanted to, I've wanted to go to both countries. I'd rather say Croatia, at least since the early 2000s. But the mm-hmm. Czech Republic, I don't, I don't, don't ask me why as like a seven or eight year old, I was completely fascinated with that. It was a black and white video. Michael Hutchinson's like walking. Yeah. <laughs> just walking it's an amazing, Prague. Well, Prague especially is an amazing, amazing yeah. city. I love, I loved it. And the, you know what? The two places are not that far from each other. Really? Well, yeah. okay. For you, I remember every time I was trying to go there from not the U.S., it was always kind of a complicated trip, which is why I haven't made it there yet, but All right. That's me talking about myself without this being an interview. So I'm going to turn the reins over to you before I, because I could probably interview myself with all random facts that nobody wanted to know, but now they know. So, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to let you have the mic. All right. So I did listen to a bunch of episodes before we started working together, but I haven't heard all of them. So I've missed lots of little bits of you throughout the episodes. And I thought it'd be fun to start way back at the beginning. Mm. Amanda, why? Why did you start the Global Chatter? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Two reasons. One, which is funnier than the other. I'll go with the funny one first. (laughs) So people keep asking... Yeah, you know, if if anyone knows anything a little bit about me, the Global Chatter is tied to the Black Expat, mm-hmm. which is a platform that I started back in 2016 to look at Black identity and international living, kind of reflective of my own experiences and the people I knew. But we get people all the time who requested to be on the site, and there was this point where people kept asking, <laughs> they would send emails and say, "Hey, can we come on your podcast?" No, Before you had one. Po- I didn't have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and it got to a point where <laughs> I kept thinking to myself, is this like a subliminal message or, or it's completely possible you got us confused with a different brand. Yeah. Either way, I, I would, I, if it was a one-off thing, okay. Yeah. But it kept happening. And I just thought to myself, <laughs> Okay, 
people really apparently this is market research you didn't look for, but apparently people <laughs> wanted a podcast. And then, you know, one of the things that the black expat typically was known for for a while was storytelling. And I was having great interviews with people, like fascinating interviews but we would write them up, Mm -hmm. which is, which is fine. You know, once again, we started back in 2015, 2016. And, you know, when you're listening to, uh, if you've ever had this experience, well, you probably have, but where you're listening to an audio interview Mm -hmm. and then converting it and writing it up, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that you lose, right? The voice, the tone, the content, the jokes, and a lot of stuff you just cut out because people don't necessarily read long form in the way that they used to. Mm-hmm. I read it, but I know that a lot of people don't. And so it made sense for me to move the storytelling to a more audio form because, as you know, as you know, all things podcast, I'm saying this jokingly, but I know you know a lot, <laughs> is that you could be in your car, you could be working out, you could be sitting in your house and you could mm-hmm. pause it and you can go back. And so it just made sense to move a lot of our storytelling off of the website mm-hmm and into a format where people could listen to it at their convenience and could go back, to be honest. So why the different name then? Why the global chatter and not just the Black Expat, the podcast? Oh, there are two reasons for that. One, believe it or not, there's a podcast that already has that name. How rude. (laughs) And and, and, And to be fair, he had started it. He had started it before we started our podcast, right? So... I'm Wait, is that a, the guy I'm, in Taiwan? Yeah. Oh, black, wow. yeah. Yes, I have heard that actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I used to live in Taiwan, and, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you did? <laughs> and so, I mean, and, and so it already existed, but then here's the thing. Here's the thing that became a change for me. Mm-hmm. I liked calling it the global chatter because then I could also change up the guest who comes. Mm-hmm. So... Obviously, I think when you call it the black expat, and it really depends on what angle you want to take. Yeah. You're probably more inclined to want to keep it more with black expats or more black TCKs or more black, you know, immigrants or whatever. But I, you know, as someone who's been in and out of expat spaces, I mean, you're the same. There's so many really cool stories you hear from people's different perspectives that I think are important to share. Mm -hmm. And so by calling it the global chatter, I could open it up to more voices than yeah. keeping it limited. Has starting the global chatter changed what you're doing at all with the black expat? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. That's like the short answer. Like, do I want to be a good interviewee or a bad interviewee? Because um, the bad interviewee is like, Yes, and not say anything and for sure ask a follow-up question. See, I know all the tricks, or if I want to be a good one, I'm like, let me tell you more. <laughs> so uh yes, because you know, I started the Black Expat in 2016, and I think we were on the cusp more and more of people telling inspirational stories about moving abroad, right? Which was fine. As you know, technology moves rapidly. We've seen the rise of kind of YouTube. We've seen the rise of all these other formats. And so some of the things that we were doing in written form, there are some great people who we follow and connected are who are doing it visually, right? And so what then I decided was, okay, our storytelling is better suited for a podcast, 
our site is better suited more for advice mm-hmm. and resources. Mm-hmm. So for the people who follow the Black Expat over the past five, six years, they've started to see that shift where we've gone less from the stories that would be the big features to that being driven and put on the on the podcast for those reasons that I told you before, right? You you can start, stop, return, mm-hmm. share. It's so much easier for people to do that on their phone or if they're, you know, we put the content also up on YouTube, right? And it's a little bit more accessible, I think, for more groups yeah. to be very honest. If it's audio and then you, of course, have it closed captioned on YouTube, mm-hmm. then if you just have the written stories. And so, yes, podcasting, I mean, we're... <laughs> podcasting has has truly shifted the way we tell stories on the site because quite frankly wow. the stories yeah are now audio oh that's so cool and it's it's yeah. so interesting that you say this because my podcast editing not to bring in my own podcasting but it's it's also connected yeah my podcast on podcast editing started out as really short, simple tips that had a YouTube component where you could see it and that I'd take out the parts that were too visual for the audio. And I realized that the newsletter attached to it that dealt with the business side, like a freelancing entrepreneurial stuff was getting quite popular. So I'm like, well, let me shift the podcast over to that, like the business side and keep the visual stuff on YouTube. And it's also easier because then I don't have to take out the parts that are too visual for the audio. So it did split, uh, but in almost an opposite way that yours did. Because my storytelling is now more actually just in the audio. Oh, no, no, no. It's split in the same way. Because <laughs> yeah. the, the entrepreneurial stuff is more of the the storytelling-ish kind of freelancer struggle than, than the YouTube channel. The YouTube channel is more practical and the newsletter is more practical. Oh my God. So it's put in exactly the same way. This is so you're working it out. You're working it out in your brain. You're like, this is what's happening with my show. It's like, I'm interviewing you, but this is also what's happening with my, no, I mean, it it just made, it just made more sense because, you know, obviously as the editor, you hear, you hear the, the raw interviews as they are. And there is certainly advice elements to every story that, you know, because of the nature of the questions that I ask and the nature of the people that I bring in, but I feel like there's a fullness to hearing someone mm-hmm. tell a story or give you advice in really good context. Whereas I think when with the written stuff, sometimes you sort of have to pick and choose because of length. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we're a long form pod, or at least a longer form podcast, yeah. right? So we run anywhere between 45 to 75 minutes, depending on the episode. I think most of them are between 60 and 75. You know, with the website, I would always have to pick and say, this was really good, but they can't hear the inflection. They can't mm-hmm. see why. And it just seems really random. Yeah. And plus, are they going to read all of this? Yeah. So, yeah, no, podcasting has completely shifted. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't think it would, but it's like, it's completely shifted. And here's here's the thing. Is there are people listening right now. There are folks who listen to the podcast. No idea about the black expat. Mm-hmm. They they don't necessarily. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're not in that ecosystem. Yeah. I I know people who shared this podcast who are neither expats. Maybe some of them had been expats, but live in the states. Yeah. Don't you know? There there are other things about the podcast that interest them that have nothing necessarily to do with like expatriation or international living. Yeah. And so, I think that's what's really fascinating is that you could really see almost two audiences, mm-hmm. even though there is crossover 
it's not necessarily the same the same audience, which is why I think also going back to your original question, calling it the global chatter Mm -hmm. opens it up in a different way. Like people who may not necessarily respond to something called the black expat do respond to something that's basically like a global conversation. Mm -hmm. And here's something that is really important for podcasts to keep going is that you responded to how it changed. And, and a lot of times people will pod fade because they'll just be like, this is what it's going to be. And they stick to that the whole time, even though it kind of organically grows into something else. Yeah. And so it's, was it hard to let it do what it was going to do? <laughs> or did you resist that at all? You know, I've said there are two things about me. One, I'm not a gatekeeper. And two, I don't resist change that much. <laughs> once it makes, once it makes sense in my mind. And I think what happened is, once again, there's some really cool people in my network who I thought, ooh, people should really hear these folks, mm-hmm. right? But if if I limit it to just a specific type of person, then I don't think that that was beneficial to anyone mm-hmm. because there was knowledge and information that I think is really key that would help a lot of groups. So. You know, I would say the I mean, the majority of the guests are black and brown, right? The majority are still overwhelmingly black. And then there are certainly some folks who have a brown identity. And then I've got Jerry, who's white. <laughs> but I joke about this. Jerry Jones, first of all, if he hears this, he's going to laugh. But <laughs> well, why did I have Jerry Jones on? And it ended up being a two-part series. Him and his wife, longtime expats to Asia, have a daughter who's adopted who is Chinese American, mm-hmm. has a son that's adopted who's African American. Wow. Yeah. Those are some perspectives, right? Mm-hmm. Adoptive parents who are expats with children who don't look like them. Mm-hmm. And then children, at least one child who looks like the local population of the mm-hmm. country that they're in. There are intersections and dynamics there that are are worth talking about. And so you know, when I started to think about they're cool people I want on my show just because they are talking about things that quite honestly, nobody else really like I've been in these expat streets for a minute. And I know a lot of folks like there's some things that weren't really loudly being discussed. Yeah, it just made sense for me to kind of go with the flow in that regard. Yeah. And that difference between what people might think people <laughs> the the theme of how people might be perceived as looking of where they're from and mm-hmm. where they've actually grown up and experienced and culturally where they're from keeps coming up in a lot of the episodes. And, yeah. and yeah, I want to turn that completely around to you and backtrack to, I mean, you look and sound a billion percent American, but your background is very, very global. Can we do the trajectory of where you've lived, grown up and lived in your life? Sure. So, uh, and no, and I actually think it's important because I think it impacts even kind of the questioning that I do mm-hmm. that you see with folks. Because yeah. people ask, you ask really inter- interesting questions. And I was like, well, part of it is my background and part of it is counseling training. So, <laughs> so it's like, let's say it is what it is. Yeah. So for the folks who don't know, um, first gen American, my parents came from Cameroon, which is in West Africa to the east of Nigeria. If you're looking at the map, I always say when you look at Africa, there's that funky 
chunky part where Nigeria is, where the where the corner meets. Cameroon is right there. Um, family was really interesting. They were part of, they were minorities. So yes, predominantly Black country, but English minorities. Most people, when they think of Cameroonians, they think of them being Francophone, which mm-hmm. is the other thing is that when people go, oh, your family's Cameroonian, you don't sound French. Well, because we're not. Um, they were part of... Uh, They came from an English minority part of the country and they decided, you know, this is like post-colonial opportunity, mid-70s to immigrate to the United States or expat, depending on who's wielding such term. And so they came to the U.S. and then... When I was nine, and, and and even and let me even back up, even being in the U.S., so D.C., Virginia, Maryland area, the people who know the D.M.V. that was kind of their 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 stomping ground. North Carolina, um, which is a running theme in my life right now. Third move to North Carolina. I'm here now, so I think I just claim it. <laughs> the, the, the only two states I claim with full gusto really are North Carolina and Virginia, because I always move wow. and come back. Like I. I will forever, and it's funny, I just did an, an an interview and we were talking about the U.S. I'm like, I'm South, specifically Southeast, specifically Mid-Atlantic. I don't, don't have no interest in living anywhere else in the U.S. I will, it'll, this is me, the homestead if I live in the U.S. Wow. But I, you know, so I'm living in the, in the States, little kid. Uh, my parents are of two different tribes, so their tribal languages are not the same. Oh, yeah. And then they are immigrants. And then I am the first one in my entire family unit, extended family, born in the United States. So cultural nuances, as you can imagine, just trying to deal with, you know, you've got the cultures at home, then you have the greater culture outside the doors. And I'm a black kid, right? Mm -hmm. So minority, parents are minorities because they're immigrants. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Did you say you were born in the United States? I was born in D.C., yeah. Oh, okay. And then you lived in Cameroon or you stayed in? I was born, born in DC. And then when I was 10, we moved to Cameroon. Oh, okay. So okay, they okay, moved okay. back. Gotcha. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. I, I always have to explain that part. No, no problem. And, and here's, so here's the thing. When I was nine or 10, they decided that they were, actually, I guess I was nine, that they were going to repatriate. Yeah. Now they decided to repatriate. <laughs> They did not go to the English part of the country, which they knew. They decided to move to the capital city, which was Francophone. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I was 10. And all of a sudden, I've, I've said this before, and I guess I'll keep saying it till I leave the earth. <laughs> I went from being a minority kid, cross-cultural kid in the United States to moving to a country where I look like the majority, but still didn't sound like the majority and then you get into passport privilege and then you get into the fact mm-hmm. of where my mom was working for the U.S. embassy there and I was going to international schools. So you get into all those differentials. Gotcha. And then I did not speak French and I still didn't speak any of the tribal languages. <laughs> and so oh. and so I was I was there until I was 17. So I'm in an all black country now. Right. Yeah. And then I returned to the U.S., mm-hmm. And go back to being a minority, but I'd yeah. been in the country where I'd been in the majority. And I came by myself because my family stayed in Cameroon at, up until that time. They are now back in the U.S. Yeah. And I was navigating college as a wow. 
kid who always sounds the way that you have you hear me now. Yeah. But was living had lived in Africa. Mm hmm pre-social media so i didn't understand some of the social norms yeah and then the racial identity and politics that comes with the u.s so you left and i was in the south yeah (laughs) you left the cave and came back and you knew the world was different and 17 still young enough where a lot of people around you didn't know there was there was other cultures really and also you know I, i think this is a theme on this podcast um I think one of the hard things I said this to a friend yesterday about the problem with racism and, and, and very racist ideology is that it strips the nuances of our experiences. Mm -hmm. And so I, I have said this before on the podcast, but let's forget my story for a moment. A black kid from Oakland and a black kid from Chicago and a black kid from Birmingham Mm -hmm. and a black kid from Boston have very different experiences. Mm -hmm. Some are similar, of course, because of race and treatment, but also when you throw in, like I, I I don't know what happened this season, but I felt like I took a tour around the Caribbean. I don't know if anyone else noticed this. (laughs) There were so many (laughs) Caribbean people. It was not planned. But by the end, I was like, and sidebar, (laughs) complete side note. I have been around the world. I have been to almost every continent except for Australia and Antarctica (laughs) or so Oceania, whatever. I have never been physically to the Caribbean, but this season, somehow I hit like seven countries, not even intentionally. And they were all different. It was funny. (laughs) But I, but one of the things, if you go back and listen to those episodes and I think Roxanne Munson just hit on it. Um, She's in Panama now, but talked about growing up with Antiguan parents and Mm -hmm. then was born in St. Croix and then moved to Texas. And she talked about her identity. This is what I, I'm paraphrasing, but basically her identity being affirmed. She'd been in a black mm-hmm. space so that when she came to Texas, you know, even people were like, you're just a black kid or whatever. It didn't bother her because she, she'd had that affirmed. Mm-hmm. But these, this is what I talk about. Like there are nuances to all of their stories, mm-hmm. even though we're all black, but that all gets white. Let's say it gets whitewashed. It all gets washed away. Yeah. Right. When we're just like, oh, you're black. Therefore y'all have the same experiences. And it's like, our blackness starts from different places and how we relate to the world is based on that. And so for me, you know, coming back to the States, it was like, I mean, it happened in college, right? It's like, you're American and you're black. And it's like, I'm American, but I've been out of this country for like eight years Mm -hmm. and then I'm black, but my black self has been in a predominantly black country. Mm -hmm. So like you're talking about things culturally that are not the same from where I came from and what mm-hmm. I'd experienced. And so a lot of that's kind of influenced how I've seen the world, to be honest, and how I engage with people. Did you, do you, did you, do you feel comfortable in either place in the U.S. or Cameroon? Or full, well, better question, do you feel fully yourself in either place or do you feel really split between the two? See, I think this is the, I think this is the TCK in me. I think I feel enough of a weirdo in both spaces. Yes. <laughs> well, and I had the, I know I had, it's odd because I had this thought mm-hmm. this morning. I was like, you know, <laughs> I know enough and I have seen enough to understand what's going on in both places, mm-hmm. but there's still an other aspect, right? Because I've had experiences and I've lived places that 
other people could only imagine and hope. And so mm-hmm. the thing is, the, I guess the great part with age is that you just get more comfortable with it. Yeah. Whereas I think it was, to be honest, I think it was a lot harder as a college student. It was probably a lot harder in my 20s. Really? But, oh, yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. you had no, just I come think, back kind of before right. then. Yeah. And, and No, but I think it, t- to be very honest, I think it took me a solid, oh, <laughs> it might be longer than this, a solid decade yeah. to be like, okay, I'm in my own skin mm-hmm. and it's okay if I don't get certain references or if I don't agree with certain things or if I just like it's okay that I've had a different experience yeah yeah Sam not a TCK I'm a CCK which I didn't even know it was a thing until a few years ago when I read Tanya Crossman's misunderstood book and I went oh gosh there's a term I should find my people where are we oh we're all over the place (laughs) yeah (laughs) right but um but yeah and and pretty early on I realized I'm more comfortable being in a foreign culture because it makes sense that I don't know how to act and I can do the, like, I'm not from here, but I'm trying. Whereas in the U.S., I was always at a place, but it didn't make sense why. Like, I should know this stuff. And people, well, that's you. And also, it doesn't help when people expect you yeah that was even harder like it's like (laughs) I could handle not knowing what I can handle as well was people assuming like even to this day I was talking to one of my friends and she she was making this reference from like 1995 Mm -hmm. and I was like hey I was out of the country like you're talking about something I (laughs) apparently all black people know this thing I was not here (laughs) so and as you know back in 1995 we I don't even think we had AOL dial-up yet until like 96. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, yeah. How would I have known? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just, yeah, it is. And I, you're probably like this too, like you're chameleon enough where you can, you can blend in, you can be functional and, and, and highly functional and, and successful, but that doesn't mean that you're fully integrated and know everything that's happening or anything that ever happened. I didn't have cranberry, Agreed. whatever it even it's called, cranberry dressing at Thanksgiving until my husband's family like ten, uh, not eight or nine years ago yeah I mean I mean that's I didn't grow up with that, that we didn't do that it's not a, th- <laughs> it's not a thing in our house like <laughs> yeah honestly turkey is not even a thing <laughs> it's only because we're at the states like we like it's yeah it's just it's funny what we assume people know based yeah. on outwardly the way they look yeah Exactly. Exactly. So I, I appreciate that. There's a lot of times when I'm editing and I'm sitting there nodding up and down going, yes, 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 yes. Even though the, 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 the outward context of the experiences are different. There's a lot of the, the cultural, I don't even want to say confusion because I think it's a more interesting existence, but the, yeah. the diversity of the experience globally is in there. And I get that. And I'm like, yes, this is so good. <laughs> If y'all hang on with us, uh, we'll be back with you after the break. This message comes from one of our affiliate partners, FlexJobs. FlexJobs has 100% verified job listings, career experts, and resume help. They've helped people find great remote jobs since 2007. If you're looking for your next remote opportunity and want to save up to 30% when you sign up for a membership, visit theblackexpat.com forward slash codes to learn more. So... Going back to your guests, was there, is there any kind of, other than the Caribbean thing, (laughs) is there any kind of cohesive thread that runs through that was accidental? Like anything that surprised you that kept coming up? You know, it's hard to say because I do research people fairly well. well. I don't, I, 
whether that shows or not is is it is what it is but i do actually research the people who come up you know i i think more than anything i find it fascinating because a lot of this podcast is centered around race and identity mm-hmm. um is the different directions that people come from and still kind of land in the same place and so i think mm-hmm. that you know, because it's centered around race and identity, I it's funny that no matter who the guest has been, and some of them I've known personally, and some of them I've, I met for the first time, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's amazing how much there are things in their experiences that sort of resonate with me, which, which is why I think the podcast is important to hear these mm-hmm. perspectives, because as you know, None of us 100% know what everyone's going through and know what their experiences are, irrespective of what they look like, where they come from as someone who moves around or whatever. But it's interesting when I start to hear folks who've had very different lives from me and then they'll say something and my brain will go, oh my gosh, I've had that experience. Like when you're in a country and you absolutely don't speak the language. And then on top of that, you don't look like the local population. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, people assume you're completely different from a different part of the world than the world you're from. And, and that's been great, but I will say the folks, I'm going to come back to the Caribbean folks. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I, because of where I grew up, I had very little interaction with folks who had a Caribbean background mm-hmm. in general, just because just geographically, but what has been really interesting, particularly this season is how many of their experiences growing up kind of mirrored some of the ones that I had. And I think that was because part of it was an immigrant story, right? So, and, 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 and I don't know if you can even drill it down to a black or brown immigrant story, but just even the immigrant story of, you know, our family's here. We may not have our extended family here. These are the things that we do. These are, this is the kind of values that we're holding. This is what we kind of see for you. And that was really interesting. And I think even going early on, um, some of my favorite episodes, you know, with some of the, the men that I've had on who just talked about fatherhood, you know, black fatherhood in general doesn't get as much conversation, mm-hmm. at least in a positive light within the U.S. Yeah. But then now we're talking about black fatherhood in the context of expatriation, which is like, like, there's no conversation. And it's been, it, you know, to this day... And this was before you joined. One of my favorite episodes is Noah and Tony. It was like episode three. (laughs) And we talk about all these things that had just happened after George Floyd and just what they hoped for their children and why, you know, Tony, Tony is from the UK and and Noah's from the US and kind of what they hope for their kids and why living abroad was kind of part of that. And then Hmm. later on, talking to my friend Ryan Haynes, who is, I believe now in Taiwan, who his episode's actually called Black Fatherhood Abroad. And it was sort of the same, like you could see this thing. And then even later on uh, with Natasha and her husband in, in Costa Rica, once again with their kids. And so that, interestingly enough, that's probably the things that stuck out the most in some of the storytelling are, particularly when folks are talking about their children. Yeah, Ooh. You know? Yeah. You could do a whole season on, like you could do a mommy season and a daddy season. 
I could. Yeah. <laughs> you're, saying, you're saying this right now. Now people are going to be like, she should do a mommy and daddy season. And <laughs> I can be cut like, this out if you want. <laughs> no, that's totally fine. I just have to put a call out for it. If you're a dad or you're a mom or you're a parent, like whatever your situation yeah. is, let's talk about parenting. And I think that part of those episodes didn't just resonate with me, but they resonate with other folks yeah. because once again, you're a black and brown parent. Mm-hmm. That's a story. Then I think for the people who aren't even black or brown, it's you're raising a kid abroad. Yes. And especially if you did not grow up abroad. Yeah. Now, many of them were cross-cultural kids. Mm-hmm. So I, now that I think about it, they have that, they did have a cross-cultural um, uh, background. And I'm just going to put a plug though. Natasha and Masuko's episode, man in Costa Rica <laughs> was wild. Like his parents have been freedom fighters in Malawi, oh. she, her parent, <laughs> Costa Rica was like a descendant family. Like there's a whole like Afro heritage there and why they're there. And then they met in like post-apartheid, literally post-apartheid South Africa. When I mean like post-apartheid wow. South Africa, I'm like 1990, like actual, like oh, 1990, wow. that whole episode was wild. In fact, someone reached out to me the other day and said, man, I just love this episode. And, but they all had a, you know, a lot of the parents had a cross-cultural background. And so I think talking about that, but even those who don't, because I think they are, are in some ways are some of the most interesting yeah. ones because they were not necessarily CCKs. They were not TCKs. And they wonder what is the impact of taking my child mm-hmm. and seeing the world in a child, a child of color, yeah. particularly a black child. Yep. And then if they are, you know, for those who know, once again, North American, what happens when that child grows up? And they come back into this country that's very different from the way they were raised. So, yeah, yeah that's I think it's the parents that I think about it. And, and it, I think it's because I was a TCK. And so I'm always sensitive. I don't have kids, but I'm very sensitive to, man, yeah, I wonder what your kids are like when they grow up. <laughs> that's where I'm really interested. Right? See, that's what I would love to hear, although it would take forever to make, is like talking to the parents oh and then slowly <laughs> interviewing the kids throughout the years and like getting into that, like deep <laughs> into the TCK brain. What was that movie? That, do you know that movie yes. where it was over 12 yes. years? And did I see it? No, because I didn't have access to wherever that it was. Movie, I think but... it's called Boy. Yeah. Literally, they followed him for like a yes. <laughs> for yeah. like 12 years. Yeah. I mean, did you see it? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I, I'm notorious for listening to soundtracks and not watching the movie. So that's also that. Yeah. But what I'm going to say, and this is a little bit of a, a plug for season three. All right, you heard it here first. I mean, I don't know where you're going to hear it, but you heard it here first. (laughs) There are a couple of folks who I have scheduled to come on who are TCKs. Mm -hmm. Who they are, and man, there's one person I don't even want to say her story yet (laughs) because we she's on the books, right? But her just her background, I think it'll get people talking. It's really, it's really interesting. And, the, you know, I wanted to have more TCKs on mm-hmm. just because that's for the parents and for the people who educate them and support mm-hmm. them just and just for other TCKs, adults, right, to be like, this is <laughs> this is this is what it could look like, yep. especially TCKs who are not white. Mm-hmm. There, are sh- there are definitely shared experiences, but there's so little on black TCKs and brown TCKs and. And so um, 
and then a lot of them end up being expats so they're, they're perfect fit for the yeah. show <laughs> because you know yeah but yeah anyway <laughs> so there's a lot to unpack there so do you consider yourself a tck well you're not an expat because you're back where you started oh it gets so yeah. complicated so yeah are you oh yeah you i'm did? i'm yeah <laughs> i <laughs> In some circles, I'm an OG TCK. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah OG. <laughs> for, for like, oh, <laughs> right. For two and a half years, was it two years? It was, it was, it was amazing. Um, for two years, uh, a friend of mine named Ellen Mahoney. I feel like I shout her out as as much as I can. Ellen Mahoney is the founder of Sea Change Mentoring, and I believe she's also the co-founder of the Surrealist. Saying that right, if you say it fast enough, it sounds right. Institute. Um, she and I used to lead a TCK community on Twitter. Yeah. Before I moved to Doha Cutter, and uh, yeah, I mean, here's the funny part about being, <laughs> I think, being a TCK. <laughs> I have met so many people who are TCKs who will sometimes say I'm barely they that they are barely a TCK because mm-hmm. they everyone has this this version in their head of what a TCK Not is. enough, yeah. And I'm just, and it cracks me up, right? Like you'll meet someone who's like from Canada and their family lived in Germany for eight years and they're like, well, I'm barely a TCK because we lived in Germany. I'm like, but you're not German. Eight years? <laughs> yeah, right. And, but because in their mind, they're thinking the, the, the diplomatic kid that moved every two to three years and so they feel like they're, 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 bare. or I met people who like, yeah. yeah, I was only a TCK from like 14 to 17. Like, like I'm just like you all have TCK tendencies because we have these, just <laughs> dis- these distinctions, mm-hmm. but no, totally TCK because here's the thing. Remember Cameroon was my parents' home right. country. Right. It was not mine. And then my subcultures that I was in was completely international. Right. So yeah, I mean, and it's, funny to me like the older I get because I I get asked to talk at TCK things and it's it's funny to see what's coming down the road for the college age TCK and the and the young adult TCK and and when we ran that community I remember I had just bought a house actually I had owned my house for a minute and everyone freaked out who was under the age of 30 because they were like (laughs) oh my god it's so permanent (laughs) You can't ever leave. I'm like, you can rent it out. You can rent <laughs> you it can out. You can it. sell it. Yeah. <laughs> you can make it an Airbnb. And they were like, that's so permanent. And I'm like, uh, it's okay. At some point, it's either age or just life. You're like, I need a little bit of stability. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a whole lot, but you know, so yeah, I, I've, I've got some TCK tendencies. They've gotten better with age though. Like the, the need, I used to move around a lot. Yeah. And always wanted a lot of change. Yeah. Um, I still want that, but it's a little bit more controlled now. Yeah, I hear that. For me, it ended abruptly about <laughs> five years ago. And yeah, and then the pandemic all kind of turned it on its head. <laughs> and now I'm, I'm way more mobile than I had ever been in my entire life accidentally. <laughs> like, I'm <laughs> like, wait, this is the perfect life for me in my 20s. Well, here's the funny thing. I have a friend who... Highly mobile as a TCK, parents worked for the U.S. government, and she hit that point in her 20s where she said, 
I don't want like I I don't want that. She's she's married now and has kids. Mm. I just want stability. Mm. And I remember us in our 20s thinking that was really weird. Yeah. Like that's not. We, you know, we were all like traveling everywhere yeah. and people were taking all kinds of jobs and contracts or whatever. Yeah. And she she just said it's almost like it was like the, the TCK and everybody else just freaked out and went, what do you mean? And but she's just like. Nah, I'm good. And she's seen a lot of the world. And she's just like, it's a lot. And I realized to her point, I hate packing and I hate moving. Like I actually hate, Mm -hmm. I, you would think I would be so good at it. I hate it. Mm -mm. And so, you know, there, there there's some TCK tendencies, I think in me that are, you know, they're kind of aging out. Yeah. (laughs) To be honest. Yeah. I learned pretty quickly that I like being in a place for a while, but I do not like actually traveling like going to a place and doing (laughs) doing touristy things and being busy doing all the things you should do and and just quickly going through a place I hate quickly I want to go and sit in a cafe and stare at people for a long time I want to go look at the grocery stores I want to see how people live their daily lives and I want to be a part of that even if it's just for a month yeah there are two things I like to do consistently when I get somewhere if they've got a botanical garden go hang out there it's like really random. Yes, <laughs> right? It's not. Go hang out there. <laughs> and or wherever I'm staying, I pray they have a veranda or a patio of some sort and mm. hang out there. Like I, yeah. it's like I went to Madrid, right? Did I see some of Madrid? Yes. Could I have seen more of Madrid? Yes. But there's, I, if you want to learn a place, there's a one sure way you can always learn a place, food. And that's yes. what I do. I'll do food walking tours <laughs> all over the world. Yeah. Like that's the thing. Get some history. I love history. Go to museums. Do a food walking tour. Yes. That's it. I don't need the other stuff. No. <laughs> I mean, that's great, but I don't have to be busy. Exactly. Exactly. And grocery like stores travel. and libraries or bookstores, depending on what's closer and easier to yeah. get to. Yeah. Yeah. It's those, it's the little things that are so much fun. But it's also, I promise you, it's also age. Because <laughs> no, I've because always been like this. <laughs> really? Yeah. When I was younger. I think I tapped out about six, seven years ago for, for, for good. Yeah. Like it wasn't like, it was like a, <laughs> like I, it was a P it was petering out at the end. And I think where I was, I, I think it was Amsterdam. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm good. Let me go to Leiden. <laughs> I'm good. I, let me go. Let me go look at Van Gogh or someone like, this is not it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've been, how I live has definitely changed. Like I want, when I first lived overseas, I wanted to be in a place for a year and move countries every year. Like the goal was to move countries every year. And then that got exhausting, (laughs) which I did not expect. And I'm like, time to rearrange my life. Uh Oh, (laughs) but yeah. So, I mean, we do, we do change as we, as we age, as do podcasts do see a transition come in here. So you mentioned, (laughs) You mentioned a couple of things that might be on the horizon for season three. Are there any other seeds you'd like to plant in the listeners' ears about what's coming up? If you've been listening, you I, you know, I obviously have guests from all different places, but there is an intentionality of wider representation and there's an intentionality of just experiences you don't get to hear. And so I'm really excited, I think. I, I mean, I, and I've been excited thus far, but I'm always excited for what could be up ahead. And I, I'm excited for some of the people who are coming on because I, 
these are I, I like to pick some people who folks just don't know. There's some mm-hmm. folks that people definitely know. And if you especially if you're in kind of in the black and brown expat spaces, there's some people, you know, because they've got great brands. But then I also like the people who just they don't have a brand. They they there's there's nothing to brand. Right. They are they are regular. I call them regular schmegular awesome people. Right. <laughs> who just who are doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And then you find out, oh, my God, I can do that. And and so. Yeah, I think that there's there's some there's some really interesting folks and like I said, I think this season this season had a lot of Caribbean voices. So maybe I, I don't I don't want to set myself up for failure. I was like, maybe I should have like regional voices every like every season. No. But then we tap out at seven, right? <laughs> because you mm. can only have like seven continents. But I I look to include even more non-Western voices. Mm-hmm that's always close to my heart. So people from the global South, particularly, and people who are from more Eastern parts of the world, because, yeah. you know, I, I am very mindful and I'm, and, and this is, this is no secret. If you follow the black expat, I'm very mindful because we are inclusive mm-hmm. of it not to be overrun <laughs> or overburdened with American voices yeah. because the experiences of people, particularly from like sub-Saharan mm-hmm. Africa, parts of Asia, in the Gulf and the Middle East and whatnot, obviously Latin America and the Caribbean don't always get as much attention. Mm-hmm. And there's amazing stories there. And so some of them will show up next season. Yay. All right. Oh, well, I guess, is there anything else you think the listeners should know about you? <laughs> About me. <laughs> I mean, there are plenty of things you should know about me. The fact that I have been arguing with people for the past three days that Die Hard is, in fact, a Christmas movie. One of my favorite movies. Ever. See, you you didn't say what. I, I love Because Die I Hard. thought that was a given at this point. I can't believe this is still an oh, argument. No. no, you don't understand. People have been arguing. And I think that this has to be with the fact that I just spent last weekend binge watching Die Hard 2, 3, and 4. Oh, my gosh. That's how I spent my Saturday, people. <laughs> Because I had a break, had a break from the podcast, and so I watched. The, and I and you're wondering why didn't she watch one? Because I'd already watched one. Re-watch. I'd seen these all before, yeah, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd already watched one earlier, and five wasn't on any of the five trillion streaming channels I already own without paying for it. And I was like, mm, even though it is a good day to die hard. I am not, <laughs> I am not going to pay for that. But <laughs> that being said, what do I think that people should know? Well, here's the deal. You can find us on the website. <laughs> so theblackexpat.com and you can hit podcast or you can go to theglobalchatter.com. So that's important. I think what's also important is that if you like the podcast, Apple, leave a review. I mean, you can send one to us, which is great, but it'd be fun if you left it on Apple. So that'd be cool. And what's the other thing? Oh, I'm doing this for the first time. This goes back to a question you asked. So remember I told you people asked how they could be on the podcast, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? And I was like, oh, people want to be on the podcast. Of course they do. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, maybe we should make a way for them to request to be on the podcast. You don't have a guest. So it, really? I know we I do now. Don't <laughs> I didn't have I didn't have one last month, but there's one now. <laughs> so if you think your story is super interesting and connects with our vision and or anything I've said, 
you can go onto theblackexpat.com and hit the podcast tab and fill out the form. And if it's something that's, you know, might be a good fit for us, we'll definitely reach out. So there's definitely that. And then I'm trying to, I, I feel like I have to get all my plugs in because this is going to, you're not going to hear from us until 2022. <laughs> and uh, finally, some of you are super amazing. We've had great sponsors. So I want to shout out to them. We've had some great folks who have come alongside this year and, you know, have run ads that you've heard and also sponsorship. And so you can see all of that on the blackexpat.com under sponsor. I think it's the blackexpat.com forward slash codes. That being said, if you're interested with partnering with us, you've got a brand that you think would be a great fit for literally expats, international travelers. You're just looking for a diverse audience. <laughs> I, can, I can tell you all the, all the information about who listens. Uh, visit us on the website or shoot an email to hello at theblackexpat.com. We would love to have you be a sponsor or advertise in 2022 because... We have cool listeners, like the people who are listening to me talk about our cool listeners. <laughs> so Very cool. The best, list, the coolest listeners in the world. <laughs> Literally, I could say in the world, yeah. it's like 85 countries. That was intentional. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look at that. We're like, we have the best global listeners on the globe. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Look at brand management, brand management. All right. <laughs> this is what happens. I, people at home are like, what's going on? I'm like, this is what happens when you are a content creator. And Stephanie's a content creator. Well, I don't know whether she owns the title or not, but she... Oh, hell yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, you're fine. Trust me. Tony and Noah. <laughs> we, we bleeped out nothing. We were just like, uh, we just put a warning and said language on this episode. <laughs> like, that was it. But, you know, if you're a content creator, this is these are the things yeah. you've got to do. And I'm, I was saying to Stephanie off air, I really think we need to do an episode on like, so you want to build a podcast. <laughs> Oh, and just say don't 600 times. Right. <laughs> oh, it could be part of my roaming pro series. No, seriously, we have to do this. Like I, we, we, we need to do a 30 minute, like the realities of doing a Oh my gosh. I, I think it would be a perfect fit because everyone has all these plans for 2022 and uh, I'm going to do this podcast and I'm like. Release it on January yeah. 1st. Do you think you want to start a podcast? Boom. Oh, that'd be really funny. <laughs> Here are 110 ways why you shouldn't, why reasons why you shouldn't, yeah. and five reasons why. But the five are probably really powerful. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. So. Don't, don't include those. That would be confusing. Just, just <laughs> <Right>. the no's. <laughs> just uh, don't do it. Oh, my gosh. Well, Stephanie, thank you for interviewing me on my own show. Thank you. This was wow. fun. I've interviewed a lot of people on my own podcast, but I've never interviewed somebody on their own podcast. So this is a first <laughs> right. for me. <laughs> I feel like we're in a scene from Tropic Thunder. Where, <laughs> no, this is really weird. You know what I'm talking about? Where Robert Dowdy, I, he's the Australian in the black right in the black face, who's then play like it gets really confusing at one point where you're like, who is he? Yeah, I feel like that's where I'm at. Where I'm like, yeah, interviewing someone on their own podcast that you edit. It's very right. meta. <laughs> oh my god. Well, no, Facebook don't sue us because they did change their name. You know that right oh yeah meta although it's still facebook on the website isn't it it's facebook on the website but if you start to look at all their like like instagram and whatnot yeah. it's like owned by meta and i was like isn't that an affinity sign and who's meta that's, that's what happened to me yeah so I, I, I was like zuckerberg sold it and i was like no, no. He sell it. he's okay. just envisioning the future create okay <laughs> 
One of my friends from from high school works for Facebook, so I'm just going to shut it down. Right now. <laughs> I I hate Facebook, and I would not turn them down. I mean, that's isn't that the problem? I know none of y'all want to hear this, but is yeah. that not the problem with Facebook? Because I I want to divorce it so bad. Mm-hmm. I've been part of it since 2006, 2005. But the amount, this is the problem of the content creator, the amount of traffic. Oh my gosh. It's like the number one source of traffic. Yeah. And I barely do anything mm-hmm. <laughs> like that I need to do for yeah. the black expat. It's the number one source of traffic. Yep. Can I tell you the one that did shock me though? And then we really will go because y'all mm-hmm. already hear all this. <laughs> LinkedIn. Yeah. I'm a career person and I, people have heard me rant about how much I hate LinkedIn, but yet LinkedIn, as far as this podcast is concerned. It woke up a few years ago. It, huh? it, yeah. it woke it, up a few years ago. I don't know what happened, but it just started being no, busy. No, but it shouldn't, no, but it needs to close back down because now it's, <laughs> now it's, <laughs> these are the outtakes that, you, that have nothing to do with me. It needs to close back down because my feed has nothing to reasonably do with career or work or like it's just see I don't want to say what I normally say because then people are not gonna listen to the show I'm just saying there are things about people's lives that need to be on meta <laughs> and not that are or on Twitter yeah. Twitter because it's 240 characters yeah. right so yeah anyway yeah all right we should we should end <laughs> so 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 uh, you got that's what we call bonus content, people. You got the actual <laughs> interview and then you got the this is this is the extra that happens on every interview on the show. Thank you once again so much for listening to Global Chatter. I truly appreciate every single one of you who has listened, supported, shared, continue, you know, to talk about this podcast. You have made 2021 great. And we look forward to connecting with you in 2022. Yay. Bye, everyone. You just heard an episode of the Global Chatter podcast, a project by the Black Expat. It's hosted by me, Amanda Bates, and it's edited by Stephanie Fuccio. To learn more about this podcast or to learn more about the Black Expat, visit theblackexpat.com.